Bill, Fraser and Gordon to talk about the return of football in Pembrokeshire. We'll also discuss a Wales side that won a World Cup for the first time in their history. And we're going to look at some of the greatest cricketers to come from this county and beyond. All after the latest news for Pembrokeshire at 8 o'clock. Pembrokeshire from Pembrokeshire. This is Pure West Radio. I'm Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. A drug driver claimed he had been convicted unfairly as he was not smoking cannabis whilst driving. Dale Smith of Swansea pleaded guilty to driving whilst over the controlled drug limit when he appeared at Haverford West Magistrates on November 3rd. Vaughan Pritchard-Jones prosecuting said that 32-year-old Smith was stopped by police during routine checks on May 21st. Officers could smell cannabis coming from the Fiat Punto when they spoke to him and a roadside drug swipe was positive. Mr Jones said there is no allegation of bad driving. The gentleman may have smoked cannabis sometime before, but it stays in your system for quite some time. Smith, who represented himself, informed the bench he had already been disqualified from driving for six months as a result of a speeding offence. He said, I was not smoking it whilst I was driving. I don't think this is fair at all. I have a drug problem. I smoke it every day. You should be sending me to have help with the drug problem. Magistrates fined Smith £120 and ordered him to pay £85 costs and a £34 surcharge. He was banned from driving for 12 months. A total of 47 new coronavirus cases have been confirmed in the Heweldar Health Board area in the last 24 hours. There are four new cases in Pembrokeshire with now a total of 639, 14 in Ceredigion which now has a total of 290 and 29 in Carmarthenshire bringing the county's total to 2,275. Dr Jiri Shankar said that Public Health Wales will work with the Welsh Government to monitor the effect of the regulations which will come in at the end of the current fire break today. We support the call for the public to take personal responsibility for their actions and to ensure that we are all doing as much as possible to limit the transmission of coronavirus. Urgent action has been taken following reports from health authorities in Denmark that widespread outbreaks of COVID-19 has been found in mink farms with subsequent spread of a mink variant virus to the local community. Denmark was removed from the UK coronavirus travel corridor list on Friday the 6th of November. Any travellers returning to the UK will now be required to self-isolate for 14 days according to the national guidance and legislation. Public Health Wales is also advising all members of the public with pet mink or ferrets to avoid contact with them while symptomatic with any COVID symptoms. We recognise that many people may be finding life more challenging, resulting in difficulties with mental health. There are many agencies which provide help and support, including the Call helpline on 0800 132 737, which will refer callers to the most appropriate organisation according to their needs. It is 
is still important to look after your health and you can continue to attend appointments and seek help for urgent medical issues. Attending a booked NHS flu vaccination appointment and any of Public Health Wales screening clinics is a legitimate reason to travel during the lockdown restrictions. Information about the symptoms of coronavirus is available on the Public Health Wales website or via the NHS 111 Wales Symptom Checker. I'm Charlie James and you're up to date on Pure Radio. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, Pure West Radio. Well, a very good evening. It's Monday evening and welcome to the second half on Pure West Radio. This is where we get into the nitty gritty of some really big sporting topics impacting Pembrokeshire and beyond. And one thing I noticed last week, we're live on the Pure West Radio Facebook page. There are people who actually watch this part of the show on their TVs, which means our top panel need to be looking smart and ready to go. And they're all in our Haverford West studio. Uh, I think they've all done a bit of makeup, so they look extra special this evening. Let me introduce you to them. We have got from PembrokeshireSport.co.uk. Good evening to Bill Khan. Hello, young fellow, me lad. How are we doing, all right? Good, thanks, yeah. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Sitting next to you and keeping a beady eye on the two of you, because I think we might get a bit feisty again, you two, tonight. Now you're back in the studio. Uh, more than 40 years covering sport in Pembrokeshire. It's Gordon Thomas. How are you, Gordon? Good evening, Ben. Very good. Thank you. Nice to be back in the studio in Haverford West tonight, next well, to Bill. Not really. He's had all the biscuits, mate. <laughs> oh, he's wound up like a clock. I warn you now. <laughs> And bringing the air of maturity, even though he probably Thank is you, the youngest member in the studio, yeah, actually, at the right. moment. It's it's Fraser Thomas, uh, Fraser Watson. How are you, Fraser? All right? Very good, Ben. Just come from the uh, cracking new facility down in Nayland, the first indoor cricket game underway there. So we've actually had a first result in Nayland, 146 for five, Narbuth 28 all out. So the um, the champions have won that one. Uh, Bill and Gordon, that's that's not a close one, really, is it? To, to open up, but probably what we what we anticipate. Yeah. Absolutely, boys just got to go and enjoy it. That's the thing. Is they lose, they lose. It's good practice anyway. But there's and not much practice for Narbeth tonight, Bill. <laughs> no, over quite quickly. We'll, we'll keep an eye on what happens. I know Bill will get the results on his website, pembrokeshiresport.co.uk. And we are live on the Pure West Radio Facebook page, so you can get involved using the hashtag Pure West Sport. And we're going to kick off this evening by talking about football in Pembrokeshire. With the uh, firebreak lockdown coming to an end and lockdown restrictions altering today, it means we can get football back on. Uh, we're delighted to have with us the Secretary of the Pembrokeshire Football League, who's going to explain what this looks like for Pembrokeshire clubs and also some of the challenges that have no doubt been involved just to, to get to this stage. That's Brian Hawkins who's with us. Evening, Brian. How are you? Great, thanks. Evening, all. Hey. See you, Brian. Evening, Brian. It's really good to have you on. Uh, just before we go to Brian, let me uh, let me just ask Fraser first of all. Uh, friendly games only this weekend, isn't it? But still some excitement in Pembrokeshire for football returning. Oh, absolutely, Ben. They've been made to wait a long time. We've talked about that. There's been fixtures in the offing even before the fire break was, was over. 
um, fixture schedule. You know, Goodicker playing Solver, Fishcott are playing Merlin's Bridge. There's a lot of excitement, and it's the first step back. It's still, I'm sure, as Brian is about to confirm, now a very long road back towards league football. Uh, we're some way away from that, but just a chance to get out on the field and play and compete again is going to be welcomed by everyone. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. Bill and Gordon and, and Fraser have, have got plenty of questions to ask you, Brian. Maybe, maybe we should go straight to you though. And c- could you explain what what the setup is going to be? What what's football going to look like when it returns in Pembrokeshire? Uh, well, the grounds will not be very full. Um, basically, they allow friendly matches only within phase three out of four fra- phases. The fourth phase, they reckon, will not be allowed until a vaccine is found. Appreciate there was better news on that today. So I don't think we'll be going back to any time with crowds before long. Um, so phase three will basically be friendlies. Uh, I know Fraser and I saw an article from Sport Wales over the weekend or, or in the, this week saying that they allowed up to 30 and it will not include coaches. That's not been confirmed by the Welsh government. So it should be confirmed by tomorrow. And this is where I think this mixed messaging is coming out. Me and Fraser's had this for the last few weeks with the mixed messaging coming out to Cardiff. So we need to know, is it 30 excluding the coaches or not? Sport Wales have said they indicate. And I think if we get no clarity by the weekend, we will say they will not include the coaches and managers. The one caveat for that is the coaches and managers must be registered as coaches and managers on Comet registration system. So that's a bit of a caveat to it because a lot of the clubs have not input all their managers and officials onto the Comet system. So, it's again, it's mixed messaging. It's up in the air, but it's glad to get football back. And, of course, a match referee must also be counted in the 30. So it's got to be, at the moment, if that stays, you will see 11 players plus three subs allowed in friendlies. Let me get some reaction from from the guys in the studio and they'll, they'll come back to you, Brian, with some questions, no doubt. Uh, Bill Kahn, first of all, it, it's not football as we know it, but it is football nonetheless. Yeah, I mentioned to Brian, I saw a little bit of Goodick United, like first and seconds, A and B team, call it what you like, the other week. And it was huge excitement. There were a few people watching. It was lovely to see the game again. But Brian, my worry still is, I've seen Hanford West County, you know, and I know the restrictions there. For parents, for mums and dads and brothers and sisters who want to watch their youngsters play in sport, it's still going to be horrendous. But how is that going to be policed? Because a lot of the clubs are on open roads or um, in public parks. How How is the Welsh FA and the Welsh Government going to cater for the needs of parents and families? I think this is the issue you're going to have because they've made it quite clear. If crowds have gathered and people are let's be honest, put everything on social media these days, you can see the crowds in the background. They've made it quite clear that they will stop football. End of. Same and as they could cricket. stop that club. They could stop that club from playing football. And whether it's a mini team or a junior team, it will stop the whole club from playing football. So there's implications for us as a league to restart. And that, I don't see that happening at least till the new year. Um, but with the kids, unless it's a safeguarding issue, they are asked to stay in the car parks, stay away it's only in the immediate vicinity of the pitch but you are not there's no spectators allowed so i i find it this is where i find it difficult for local football to mm. really yeah, stick with guidelines you know we're talking local football we're talking amateurs trying to run their club they do it very very well um and i think there's a lot of onus on these clubs 
Gordon, I'll, I'll come to you in just one sec. If you don't mind, I'll just ask Brian a question my, myself there. So, yeah. so, so Brian, it, just so I'm understanding this correctly then, it, if there was a situation mm -hmm. where spectators were there, and obviously we're, we're being very clear, those are the rules and, and clubs will have to adhere to them. If there was a situation where spectators were at the venue, d what does the club do? Well, the referee, if it's if it's it's difficult with minis and juniors because there's hard, there's no referees. So they were club referees, but they have been instructed. Referees have been instructed for senior matches. Blimey. They do not start the game or they abandon the game if they don't do it. Mm -hmm. And that causes huge issues. Mm -hmm. So clubs have got to adhere to this because mm -hmm. we want to get back playing football. Mm -hmm. And if they don't adhere to it, they're going to prevent us coming back to play football. Yeah. Enough situation going on with possible local lockdowns happening, which will affect us all mm. in the future anyway. Let me go to Gordon Thomas for, for some reaction. Gordon, to, to this news, I'm sure you, you've got plenty of questions to ask Brian as we look ahead to the weekend. Yeah, it's going to be difficult, Brian, as we've just uh, said. But if we could look ahead, hopefully there is a vaccine around the corner. Say say that does happen Christmas time and say in January, you you wouldn't be able to play a whole league season. So I would say, would you be looking at playing all the cup competitions as competitive games? Would you go down that route? Um, it's actually a work. We've been told tonight... That, uh, just before this, I've been on an FAW meeting, which will be with the clubs tomorrow. They'll so they'll talk to them. But at the moment, there's a working group going to be set up that will involve everyone throughout Wales at different levels, mm. and they will establish a consistent season structure for us all. Yeah, I'd be you know you're not going to get the intermediate cup played because you have Swansea Neath command supremacy, and if, yeah. if Swansea gets locked down, then mm. we can't play them fixtures. Yeah. And I, so, in my honest opinion, I think it would have to be a league type situation. Okay. But the longer this goes on, it might be friendlies only. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, it's disappointing for the players because they they want to be out there. Well, they probably are training most weeks when they can. Uh, they want to play competitive football, so they're in a, a difficult scenario. Are you worried about losing any teams or numbers uh, as as this goes on? Yeah, it's always it's always a possibility. However, this year we've had thirteen teams enter Division Five, so yeah. it's unfortunate. The year we get more entries, yeah. we get this virus. Um, I don't know is the answer because I'm always one to say we went down to twelve in the division, mm. then we've gone back up to thirteen in the fifth mm. division. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and people have entered second teams who said they would never enter second teams again. Yeah, so. so it, I think it depends on the youngsters coming through who still want to be involved in the yeah. game at, at senior level. But it's just totally frustrating at the moment mm. to try and, yeah. you know, the take other, you know, the, one step forward and two steps back at the moment. Yeah, the other aspect, Brian, I was thinking about this, there's no rugby locally at all. You're going to have a, a, a surplus of players who might want to have a game of football because they know there's something going on. Will they be able to register with their clubs? Or are you going to sort of put a, you know... No, look, we can't stop it. A Comet is the registration system. Yeah, and yeah. The clubs are in charge of that. So they can sign the players on. The only worry with that is, yes, you're right. If, if rugby boys come through this year and play, mm -hmm. and there's we lose some football football players, yeah, yeah. early football players, and next season when rugby comes back, yeah, we could lose players. But, you know, clubs have got a manager. I can't, you know, at the end of the day, 
it, it really is down to the clubs. But at the moment, only 14 players can play. Yeah. So yeah. with friendlies, you normally have quite a lot of players just to see how the sides go. Mm. It's going to be difficult, I think. Yeah. Brian, yeah. We've spoken about the players um, and their frustrations. The league council, are you frustrated with the FAW? Because it's, look, no one denies it hasn't been a, an easy situation for any governing body, sporting or otherwise, since March. But for me, there's been so much ambiguity coming from them these last seven or eight months and even today I'm stunned sitting here now that Sport Wales can release that guidance on Friday pretty definitive guidance which they released nationwide and yet here we are still almost four full days later with the FAW failed to clarify if they're going to implicate what Sport Wales have issued I mean surely there should have been talks in the last four it makes it hard for people like Brian doesn't it is what we're saying. It makes it difficult for people like Brian at being the the person who's giving up his time to try and administer the league and get football back on in Pembrokeshire. Yeah. I think this is the problem. I mean, as I said, the only thing I will stick up for the FAW this time, and I don't normally do that because I will say <laughs> we didn't want me. you to do that, Brian. We didn't want you. <laughs> didn't you read I, this It's basically script? because it's the Welsh government who haven't replied. Right. Right. Despite they come back a quarter to five last yeah. Friday with an answer, yeah. which wasn't definitive. They've gone back and they're trying to get the answer. They've got to meet the clubs tomorrow, so hopefully we'll have the answer. Mm. But if it's not clarified, we will stick to the 30, excluding the coaches. I think I, I think we, we do need to be positive as well because we, we don't yeah, forget yeah. we've been through we've been through a, a really difficult few months. And and Bill, I think you probably agree, and you, I think you touched on it at the beginning as well that there are so many people I'm sure footballers in Pembrokeshire who are desperate to get back onto yeah. the pitch and yes there are regulations Brian's being very clear clubs need to stick to them if they want this this phase to continue because these are friendly games if we want this to move on they need to stick to them but let's be a bit positive as well amidst all the regulations Bill we are going to see some Pembrokeshire footballers back in action this weekend and that is good compared to where we were. Absolutely. Gordon made a valid point. Well, rugby players wanted to come and join. What I've tried to save you, Bray, because what I've told rugby teams, I've phoned quite a few clubs and said, why don't you play each other in a friendly football? Because they can play it. It'll keep them fit, keep them together. And I, I think that might Make happen. Make for good viewing as well. Yeah, it would. That's a great, that. that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. I well, can imagine some of the St. David's boys kicking lumps out the yeah. team's four. Well, it is rugby football, I, let's be yeah. honest. Jack Dudley up front. Yeah. Shotgun but, <laughs> Bray, coming back to the... the With the there. boots on, Bray. There's no... Um, next, s- s- separating people is no problem in uh, football like it was in cricket. In cricket, they tried to bring a lockdown, and to be honest, they couldn't do it. This, like St. Ishmael's, have got a footpath going to the beach right alongside the ground. They have for the football as well. Hanford West Cricket Club, you can sit in a veranda, have 10 pints, but you can watch the cricket. And what, what happened there, I, I don't like to spill the beans, but I will. People were told, like us, would you mind not taking any photographs that show the odd people are in the ground? Families and friends, Burton, they were all their family were there watching them, the kids as well. They're way they, you can you can socially distance on a rugby, football or cricket pitch very easily. And I have to say, I think the Welsh government have overreacted in this. I'm seventy-three, so I'm vulnerable. So I want to see people kept safe. But I think it's time they accepted this is a a, a, a event for people's energies, for enthusiasms. It's going to, uh, you know, affect mental health if they're not allowed. And I, I still think some people will watch games, all right, albeit from 30 yards away. And we'll be told if we're there, don't take photographs showing the crowd. So I still think football will go ahead. I'm delighted mm. with that. But I hope 
people won't become overzealous if if there's like five man and his dog w- watching a game and they're going to say we're going to report you to the Welsh FA I hope clubs won't do that and they're not going to find out unless I'm sorry you know I'm sounding awful now they're not going to find out unless people take photographs and put them on uh you know Facebook and Twitter and things like that but we do need clubs to stick to the guidance Brian if we want if we want games to go on I I, I, think, I do take Bill's point yeah I think the problem you got there Bill is that the referees have now got a directive and if there's more than 30 there, they do not start the game mm, or abandon it. Oh, well. So they don't get me wrong, it, they could go away and the clubs play. I, I, look, we want to see league football back. We want to see football back in Pembrokeshire. And the only way we're going to do this, stick to the guidelines, let's get through these phases. I think this could be a one-off season. This hopefully will be the... I've never seen anything like this no, in my lifetime. Well, so right. I'm hoping this is it. But as I say... We've been told to stick to guidelines, and there's little things like you know only one person from one household can travel in a car to a match. This is Pembrokeshire, but that's what they've been told. No shower mm. facilities available. No, no, no changing facilities. So that's that's not nice. On on another note, Bri, what's the odds on a monsoon come midday this Saturday? <laughs> yes, uh, well, I, I'm I've already had one club. Can I phone you Saturday to say the game's on? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but then he did he did compare me to quite the a referee, so perhaps we find him as well. But Brian, did, um, did, did you ever wonder? Did you ever wonder whether we get to this this stage? I mean, it's gone on for so long. Did you ever think, are we ever going to see any football back on? Well, I think, as you say, this is a plus. We got friendly started. Mm. At least they will play. What concerns me, Ben, has concerned me with all these clubs, and I've said it for a long time. The FAW have made these clay clubs pay hundreds yeah. and hundreds of pounds to players' yeah. registrations, yeah. Yeah. entry fees into the league, cup entry fees. I mean, these are amateur clubs. Where's the money coming from? They're not getting subs every week. And it's really made... It's a great concern. It's throughout Wales, but Pembrokeshire... I'm only interested in Pembrokeshire clubs. Mm, And and I really am concerned, you know, about the viability of some clubs. So forget about players. We might do clubs because they just can't afford to carry on. And the fact they took those fees out at a time when there was literally no chance of starting the season on time, I thought was very wrong. I know there's there's an issue with insurance purposes and they claim that these fees now insure each club but there, there should have been some sort of format where they're held or they're carried over to next season um, the, the insurance is £2 well, up to the £10 that, that says everything doesn't it oh, they got their own expenses to claim freeze don't forget that <laughs> <laughs> well listen I think we, we do need to say uh, thank you very much indeed to Brian for coming on and, yeah, and yeah. talking us through everything that, that's gone yeah, into absolutely. getting football back on in, in Pembrokeshire on Saturday uh, if you're playing do let us know hashtag Pure West Sport and post on our Facebook page because I'm sure there's lots of Pembrokeshire players delighted they're going to get some form of football um, mm. on Saturday yeah. it is Pure West, Pure West Sport with G&G Builders a Pembrokeshire company who've been in business for 30 years you can find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk but I think it's been great hasn't it Bill uh, Gordon Fraser just yeah. to hear it from Brian and hear yeah. the work that's gone on behind the scenes to get us to this can point. I can I just say to finish off I think He's a remarkably erudite young man. He obviously had a very good English teacher who showed him how to conduct himself in a debate. Mm. Was that when the inset to... teacher, Bill, when you I were I don't know. I don't know it was. I can't <laughs> yeah, <remember>. no. <laughs> Thanks, Brian, Bill. thank you very much for being <laughs> with no us. Problem. It's, it's a pleasure well done, to talk thank to you, you tonight. Thank you, Brian. Well nice to see you, mate. Yeah, Keep up the you. excellent work. Listen, coming up in a few moments, well, we've got more to come before nine o'clock. We're going to uh, look at some of the best cricketers to come out of the county and next we're going to talk about a sport that wales are actually world champions at we're going to do that next on pure west radio during lockdown you might have been doing more exercise probably more eating you've definitely been doing more listening 
So now as more shops are reopening, it's time to treat yourself and revamp your radio. You'll discover brand new stations, more music, talk, news and entertainment. It's as easy as upgrading to a DAB digital radio available online and in-store. From John Lewis, Curry's and Argos. Look for the tick on approved products. It means the radio includes DAB and DAB+. Find out more, including which stores are reopening where and when, at getdigitalradio.com. Love radio. Go digital. At Teas R Us, our services range from one-off T-shirt printing and slogans to embroidered clothing and uniforms for business and clubs. Whether your design needs to look crisp and professional or it's just a bit of fun, our experienced embroiders and T-shirt printers offer high-quality products at very competitive prices. Remember, if your business needs to look like a team, we can help design a logo and embroider it or screen print it onto quality clothing especially on workwear or for sports clubs and schools. Personalised clothing from Teas R Us. We can take care of it all. Find us at Rumbleway Service Station New Hedges, 10B in Law Street, Pembroke Dock and Prendergast in Haverford West. Teas R Us. Salter's Blinds offers a wide range of blinds for every room in your home or office. See our extensive range of vertical and roller blinds made on the premises to find just what you've been looking for. Right now, buy five sets of vertical or roller blinds and get the sixth one free. A professional and friendly service awaits you. So visit our showroom today at Unit 1 Withybush Trading Estate or visit saltersblinds.co.uk. Top quality blinds at factory prices. Jimmy's ring you're wearing? Mm-hmm. Gee, it must be great riding with him. Is he picking you up after school today? Mm-mm. By the way, where'd you meet him?
the bully boy. It's the Shangri-Las leader of the pack on Pure West Radio. This is Pure West Sports for a Monday evening. Uh, Bill, you enjoyed that song. That's your that's your oldie of the week, isn't it? Yeah, thank it? you. Yeah, the Shangri-Las. Well, listen, that was a really good start to the show. We're here, of course, with G&G Builders, a Pembrokeshire company with a team of over 30 covering all trades with a fleet of vehicles along with on-site machinery. More details at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. Fast approaching 8.30, but let's just get some reaction um, from Bill Gordon and Fraser to that interview with Brian Hawkins from the Pembrokeshire Football League. I thought it was great. Brian spoke with a lot of openness, very frank on, on every question we asked him. And Gordon, there's no doubt that... Well, we're pleased that football's back on some tough tough environment really for football clubs to operate in at the moment yeah the biggest shock was brian uh, complimenting the faw i've never heard him do that <laughs> but all seriousness um you know uh, the the biggest talking point is the onus on the referees when they're uh, actually mm. refereeing a game if there are any spectators watching it's on him to actually implement uh, the rule ask them to leave and uh, if that's the case, that's going to put him in a precarious uh, position, which he shouldn't be in, really. Mm. Uh, but yeah. I think common sense must prevail. There's a lot of grounds around here that do have uh, walkways through, public walkways, uh, and, and they, they're going to be difficult to, to police. So, um, yeah, overall, we just want our boys to go out there and enjoy the game of football on a Saturday afternoon and play in a, a safe environment. That's the most important thing. Bill, you've actually done a really good piece on PembrokeshireSport.co.uk about referees in Pembrokeshire, haven't you? You, mm. you featured them. Um, do, I'm not sure how they'll feel about that extra bit of responsibility, having to referee the game and keep an eye on how many people are around the pitch. It's an impossible position for them. They can't say to someone, you leave or I'll call a game off. They could be in physically themselves and you know Brian Hawkins I'll sing his praises when Eddie Hol Oliver stepped down as secretary we said he'd yeah. a big pair of shoes but Brian has filled them Eddie was great Brian is just as good in a different way he's strong he's not being paid for it and people got to try and rally around and help him because as you said it's not his choice mm. Mm. but it's going to be very difficult to stop parents who want to see their, their kids kids are 20 25 but certainly with the junior football as well and I just hope common sense prevails I just hope there's no club reported if, if they're respected as players mustn't put stuff on Twitter I shouldn't say it because they shouldn't do it they shouldn't have spectators but there are some places Fraser will know in Goodick you walk along the path that is adjacent to the ground to a, a mobile cafe which is open every mm. day of the week you can't stop people walking across there to have a burger they're not allowed <laughs> The brutal fact is, though, isn't it, for all our misgivings on this, the clubs have got to help themselves now. Yeah. They've had a long yeah. wait. They may not like some of the regulations, but, you know, when it comes to the crunch, don't mess this up, you know? No, because this is what we're in. This is the phase we're in. And, and sticking to these rules will hopefully get us back to, to some league football at some point. Uh, we are going to talk now about some different sports. We're going to ask what constitutes a sport. And we're going to look at some of the things that have gone on over the years in Pembrokeshire. And we're doing this because Wales have just become world champions in a sport that sometimes goes under the radar. Tell us more, Fraser. Yes, yeah, an excellent night for Welsh darts last Whee! night, wasn't it? Um, Garen Price and Johnny Clayton, superb to win the... Household uh, names, Fraser. Yeah, they are now, they yeah. are now, to, to win the World Cup. First time Wales have ever been declared world champions in darts and to also to come up against England in the final, build as the old enemy and to whitewash them, you know, to yeah. beat them 3-0 like that one, both singles and the doubles. The, yeah. the reverse singles weren't even needed and sadly, you know, darts, like so many other sports, we've 
just been almost I would say put on the map I think it was on the map before that but a great chance now to promote it in Wales to probably drum up some interest and of course it can't be played you know and and they've mm. been the forgotten activities in, in all this you've got to remember mm. that you know darts pool snooker we might joke about them they're big social occasions they get people out yeah. you know they can really yeah. help people they help with camaraderie and things like that and yeah. they help local businesses as well don't forget that and they're currently shut down and the pubs might be back open but there won't be regulations that allow for those games either no. okay we're going to ask a, a crucial question in a second i want people to get involved on the facebook page but uh, wales world champions and, and bill you were saying that that we didn't we used to have a county darts team we well, still have a county still darts do, team yeah. team still at 12 they go all up the line they go right across the, the the english corridor here they go up to newcastle and they compete on a par we we had a great guy called malcolm hawkins who used to be the team manager he's a prendergast boy like mr thomas here yeah. but we can't hold that against him no. and he he ran Welsh darts, didn't he, Praise. He yeah. was he's a smashing bloke. And still runs it, the county you know, team now. It is highly competitive. Whether you say it's a sport or not, I think it is. My young friend alongside me might disagree. But that's an epic win. Gerwin uh, is now I think the best player in the world at the moment. And this young John Clayton, I say he's not young, he's forty odd, but he does it part time almost. He's got a job, he lives in Carmarthenshire, he'd play against Pembrokeshire. But what a team and what a win against those English guys. World you just champions. remember that, mate. Wales <laughs> world champions, England down the Swanee. Okay, I, I'm going to ask, we're going to talk, I think, about some of those under the radar sports, but let's get some comments on the Facebook page and we're going to go around the, the guys in the studio. And I think I might have to give myself the casting vote here. Uh, but hashtag Pure West Sport, Wales are world champions, but is darts a sport? Gordon Thomas. I wouldn't uh, say it's a sport. Oh. If you're gonna, I, I, I like team sports. I like being out in the fresh air. I enjoy a beer, but, you know, swilling 15 pints and trying to hit the double top was never my idea of a, a good Friday night out. But, you, you know, it, it is a skill. It is, it is an art. Uh, and fair play uh, to Wales winning the uh, World Championship for the first time ever that, that's just a fantastic achievement to be fair but i wouldn't myself personally class it as a sport whether wow. whether oh. whether people like it or whether i don't it's just a personal so opinion if, gordon i'm interested if, if it's not a sport what is it it's a pub game i class pub games with dominoes uh cards uh dominoes, skittles yeah. Whatever they're, they're games that are all uh, played in public houses. Um, you don't want to bring your young kids uh, learning uh, how to drink fifteen <laughs> pints of lager and throw arrows. Uh, you know, yeah. it's that point. You know, I just don't class that as fitness. There's no fitness levels to it. You stand what is it eight yards from on the hockey to the dartboard and just plonk it into the. I dartboard. think it's a skill. There's not a yeah, lot of, of course it. it I, is. I'm not saying I'm not denying the skill, but. Would you really class that as, as well, a sport? I would say yes, darts is a sport, and I actually there's a very good case it should be an Olympic sport. Oh no, no, no! no I wouldn't no, go to be that honest. Far, mate, um, no. Let me get Fraser Watson. Fraser, what do you think? Darts a sport? Yes yeah, or no? I'm going to disagree with Gordon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that that's the sort of armchair analogy you get from those people who watch Formula One and say they could do what Lewis Hamilton did if they sat in his car, and and there's no skill to it. <laughs> no, look, I think if you don't appreciate the the precision, you know, and the mental strength and the the levels of performance under pressure that mm. those guys have to produce then I, I don't think you truly appreciate sport to be honest it might not be as look as physically demanding as uh, as other ones but 
the concentration, I think the, application. the concentration levels, like you say, the application, the accuracy, the focus, you know, these are all massive, massive traits that are needed <clears throat> in all sports. And I think, no, I, I would I would class it right up there. And the fact that it's on all the sport websites today as well. Yeah, seems yeah. That, <laughs> it's a pub game, boys. <laughs> can, I, can I just give a message? Are you going to make it 3-1, Bill? Fight oh, no, I made it clear. Of course, it's a yeah. sport. It's not, it's not a physical contact sport. But then if you're saying about indoors, neither is judo, karate, an outside sport. It's physical. But it's hand-eye coordination. I've tried to play that game. It's a killer. But we got a message now, us boys here. James Hall, Milford Haven, if you're listening, because he's darts fanatic, he's been tweeting all day, no using any bad language on your Twitter feed tonight, <laughs> and don't troll Gordon Thomas just because you disagree with him. Otherwise, sir, teacher will be on to you tomorrow about bad language. Well, I think Team GB at the Olympics. I could just see it fitting in because you've got you've got oh, something like okay. you've got something like shooting. Gordon, is there much difference? Well, I've never shot anybody, so I don't know what the answer to <laughs> well, that is. Uh, we're all very pleased here. to hear that. Yeah. We're very pleased yeah. to hear that. But yeah. but is there much difference? Because you see, you see, shooting is an outside sport again. Yeah, it's it's the same sort of thing as what you're saying. You're shooting a clay clay pigeon, whatever it is. That is a skill. And we have um, Ben Llewellyn, who is uh, who, who represents Great Britain from uh, Rebuxton, Halford West. His father died. You know, they got their own complex there. That I would say is a definite sport because he has to achieve a high high standard I'm not taking anything away from daft players or playing darts, but well, you are ta I, you're taking I, their right. I you're taking their right to go to the Olympics if, away from Gordon. Oh, and I am. Yeah, and so I am. Not the Olympics. Yeah. No, not yeah. the Olympics. I wouldn't want to see that in the Olympics, Ben. No, not darts. I mean, I tend to agree there, but I think the problem is that the what constitutes an Olympic sport, the horizon has broadened so much. Yeah, you know, yeah, it has. Yeah, 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 it has. I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility no. that it will no. be. In. I agree the, with you there, Fraser, wholeheartedly. It could well be a, a but I wouldn't personally want to see it in the Olympics. Because you see, you see, you see mountain biking at the Olympics, don't you? Now you, you see all sorts, and yeah. I think yeah. there's there's a very good case to, to add darts. I, I'd add twenty twenty cricket probably as well to the Olympics. What, the Olympics. Like what about dominoes and? Uh... Well, you I, I think you're being I think you're being silly there, Gordon. Oh, oh. I think you're being silly. You're being, you're, you you're being silly ben, with dominoes. Ben, Ben, it's a pub game. It's played in the pub. Where's dominoes played? No. A pub game is Jenga, that you sit at the table and play Jenga. No, no, Domino's is played in a pub. D don't you, I don't think you can compare Domino's and darts. What about snooker? Well, pool. Do you play pool? Where do you play pool? In a pool hall. In yeah. a snooker hall. In a, in, a, in, a, in a place that's watched by 20,000 yeah. every week in, the, in yeah. the, the dart season. Freezer's and, been to Cardiff to watch. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? And it's worth, no, maybe obviously not at, our, at local level, but um, there has been a shift in philosophy from the top darts players to professionals. <coughs> now, that yeah. For the first yeah. time in the last decade, even Phil Taylor, before they retired, you know, um, have taken this notion of you need to be fit. Uh, to improve your endurance and your mental strength. I, I can see it in the <laughs> body. Uh, I think Fraser couldn't say that without a, a I mean, slight smile. The, the, the famous example of Andy Fordham, who went from, from yeah. 26 stone or something like that to, to razor thin, didn't he? And he's back yeah. to 26 stone now. Is he? Yeah, yeah, that's the trouble. Yeah. Listen, we, we do need to, we're going to move on in a bit because we're going to have a, a really good debate about local cricketers. Um, but well done to Wales for, for winning the darts. Yeah. Congratulations. Any, can, can we just have a quick round table? Are there any other things, any other sports or activities that kind of go a bit close to that, that line? And I, I think Gordon is playing devil's advocate with dominoes. He's offended. Think, you can't I, tell I, him he's silly. I think, I think he is. But That's one example I give... 
One example I'd give would be table tennis. Oh, get away. Yeah, you can't call that sport. I agree with that. You think, Bill? This is a guy who came and watched us play sport once to try it in one of the Commonwealth Games sports. He Ox, didn't try I'm for very 100%. long. Is it, that's 100% a sport. Gordon? Yeah. Well, tennis is the, the main sport, You'll behave. isn't it? If you're going to... Table tennis is just an indoor version of tennis. So, I think table tennis is definitely a sport. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. joking. It is. It is. I'd say it's in the Commonwealth Games. You've got, you've got, you know, but if you're going to have the argument of darts and being indoor and not being physically taxing, what, what about indoor short mat bowls? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or indoor what? bowls. So, is a sport or isn't a sport? Sport. I'd say so. But if you're going to put, if you're going to throw question marks over darts, do you throw question marks over bowls as well? Oh, well I, I think bowls. Bowls is very hard. I had to go at bowls at Heatherton indoors once, and I was terrible. They went all over the place. That's a skillful game, I'd say. Mm. Very skillful game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I, I, it's just finding where, where the where the line is between what is and what isn't the sport. Tempin bowling is one to put into the mix. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Toby's a tempin bowler. Allegedly. Pure West Radio's yeah. te- Toby Ellis coming yeah. onto the screen. Yeah. Representing Welsh Wales yeah. at yeah. tempin bowling. So I, I would would we say that's a sport? Well, yeah, but there was only three tenpin bowling centres in Wales then. But I tell you what, Gordon Thompson's going to have something. He's mortified you. You tell him he's silly. <laughs> so you look at like, yeah, he, 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 know, he, hey, 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 he used to be a bouncer at one time. Yeah. No, I think I don't think you can compare dominoes and darts. I just don't think you can. I'm just the, the comparison is it's a pub game. Have you seen how many people go and watch the darts at Christmas? I've never been personally, I've but the amount been of people in the bowl watching the dominoes. <laughs> have you? Have you, Gordon? No, because nobody watches it. No, well, who would? <laughs> <laughs> no offence to Domino's. Right, listen, we're going to have to move on. But let, let's have some more comments. Um, you just need to get involved on the Facebook page. Hashtag Pure West Sport. I knew that one would get the juice flowing. <laughs> what isn't what isn't a sport? Uh, let's see where we get to Whoa. with cricketers. In just a few moments' time, it's the second half on Pure West Radio. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right there, Dave. Nah, Sam. The garden's a state. The house needs doing up. It's a lot of work, this. Give JRA a call, mate. They'll sort it right out. They'll clear your shed, clean your garden, paint your house inside and out. I don't suppose they do a discount. Oh, yeah. 10% off for OAPs and NHS workers. Fully licensed and fully registered. They'll take your rubble, soil, wood and general waste too. Oh, I'll give them a call then. Just mention you're an OAP. (laughs) Get out of it. To get it sorted, call JRA on 07507 526 140 or have a look on Facebook. At KO Carpets, you know quality is assured. We've been your local family-run business for over 40 years. We're widely recognised as Pembrokes' leading supplier of domestic and contract flooring. We provide full end-to-end service, free measures and estimates, free delivery and free fitting by our professional team of highly skilled fitters. Come and see us at Vine Road, Johnston, or drop us an email, sales at kocarpets.com. We're a knockout at flooring. Listen live at purewestradio.com. 24 hours a day. Pure West Radio. Well, a very good evening and welcome back to the final part of the second half on Pure West Sport. I'm Ben Stone with me, Fraser Watson, Gordon Thomas and Bill Kahn. Um, I would say darts has become a sport over the last 10 years, says Peter on the Facebook page. Yeah, but that's your father and he also told you not to be rude to Gordon. <laughs> I saw it, he said, don't be rude to Gordon. 
<laughs> he sent me a message saying, tell Gordon to stop picking on no, you. No, he didn't. Let water, We are going to turn our attention <clears throat> to local cricket because today is the start of the Indoor Cricket League in Pembrokeshire. Uh, but we've also seen some stats come out to look at who are uh, the best cricketers statistically to play in Division 1. I think we're going to focus on the batsmen uh, today we're going to get the guys to name their best batsmen they've seen in Pembrokeshire um, and then we're also going to talk about who are some of the best international cricketers that we've all seen as well. Uh, Fraser first of all what, what was the background to this the, these stats that have come out to to list some of the best averages players yeah. that have played in Division 1? Paul and Janice Webb do a great job in the top two divisions they take the stats of every week from every game they have done for, for the last 10 plus years and they actually released the leading Pembrokeshire batsman from 2010 to 2019 in Division 1 lately. Um, Simon Holliday was way ahead. I think it was with 7,033 mm. runs. Yeah. Um, there are some wow. other very good names in there, but there were very few close to him. So, yeah, that sparked off the debate, which is which is why we're here now. Mm. OK, uh, so let's get some thoughts on this. And I guess the question would be, for the three of you, is whether you just purely go on the averages or, or whether you're going to pick people, and, and I'm sure you are going to name people that you've particularly enjoyed watching over the years. So uh, let's see, let's start with, well, just to prove there's no hard feelings after the last debate, let's start with Gordon. Oh, you're coming on, to me, on this Barry, one. yeah? On Quite right. Yeah, well, my old mate. Yeah, the stats prove that uh, Mr Holiday is an outstanding batsman. He's, you know, he is the best in the county. There's no question about that. His figures uh, show that. But there, there's a lot of top quality batsmen around the county. I've enjoyed watching um, Dan Cherry playing at Cresselli, who came down from Glamorgan to down to Cresselli to play. He's a, a, an excellent batsman. Um, you know, and I, I like the. Who's the guy from Johnson? Used to play for Johnson. He's moved to Cresselli. Daniel uh, Sutton. Yeah, Daniel Dan Sutton. Su Daniel Sutton is an exceptional batsman as well. <coughs> really classy batsman. Uh, he, he's played regularly for the county squad as well uh, in recent years. Um, there's Taffy as well. Phil um, Phil Taffy Williams. Williams. Yeah, Taffy Williams, another good batsman. Uh, and then you've got the, the the ones that like to hit it out of the ground. I love watching uh, Snowy Cole at his best. I, I thought he was a fantastic cricketer, especially at Criselli, mm. hitting it over the, the clubhouse quite regular. Um, you know, there are a, a lot of top-class batsmen in, in Pembrokeshire, to be fair. Uh, Who'd be the one, Gordon? Well, the only one that would probably touch Holiday would have been a guy uh, who we touched on in a, a previous programme would be Lovell. Mm -hmm. um, now, he's a class actor, an Australian who came here to play here many years ago, played for Lamphy. Um, he was a, a tremendous uh, cricketer, but I don't think his stats even match uh, Holiday's now. But he, he was very instrumental in uh, Lamphy winning uh, title and Harrison Allen Bowles mm. back in the, um, what was it, late 90s, was it, Bill? Am I yeah, yeah, 2000 yeah. he won the yeah, first, because yeah. I unpaid their first win in Harrison uh, oh, Allen, okay. sadly. Yeah, yeah, so... Mm. That's about my level of, uh, you know, mm. the batsmen around this county. I'm sure the boys will have uh, others uh, Some, that they yeah. will uh, pick now. Some great names. Bill? Well, there's no doubt that Simon Holiday is the best now. I take issue slightly with Fraser. I think he was 3,000 runs ahead over the 10 years of anyone else in the county to sort of stamp his That's authority great. on that. Fraser will correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, 
he's in common. I go back a long time, and I remember the others who came in. Lovell was a classic example. Mm. He could bat left-handed as well as he could right-handed. He was amazing. He, ch he wow. changed hands sometimes. Yeah. All of the top players that I can remember all had one thing in common. They all came from outside the county. Other than Peter Hall from Carew, who was a, a really exuberant player when Carew were at their best, and God, yeah. he scored some runs. Yeah. But the others that came in that I'll never forget were uh, Jackie Capon, who came from London. Mm -hmm. And he was such a class, he really was. Uh, and Brian, uh, sorry, Barry Wood, who played for Carew and Kilgetty. Barry came from Goa originally in India. He's a brilliant hockey player. He, he could bowl fast, he could bowl spin, he could bat with a real class. And if you said to me the best, I don't know how you can c compare them over the years. If pushed, I think I'd have to say... Dave Lovell was the most destructive batsman I'd ever come across. Mm. And he led a, a, a lampy side that wasn't the strongest, but his influence on that made sure he was a top man. At the moment, Lovell is way ahead of others. He rarely misses a game. He opens the batting, so he's got far more chance than people like Snowy yeah. Cole, um, Stein Cole, who would bat three or four, so he'd never have the same length of time mm. to bat. At the moment, you've got to say it's Simon Holiday. Yeah, some good names. Fraser, any more to add to the mix? No, no different names. I, th I think Holiday, obviously, like we said, for longevity, and you know, he he, he can be quite a, seen as a selfish single-minded cricketer. I don't think that's a bad thing. That's what gets him the runs he mm. does, and and Halford West have served well off the back of that. But no, for me, the best I've ever seen by a long way is Level. We talk about Holiday stats there: over seven thousand runs in ten seasons. Bear in mind, Level was over four thousand in four. You know, and I never saw anyone who could bat with such aggression mm. and yet such precision as he did captains would move fielders around to try and combat him he'd yeah. simply smash it through the next gap he was such a talented player probably should have gone further than what he did if you if you speak to those who, who coached him mm. outside of Pembrokeshire yeah. and in the end unfortunately you know his time here was, was very much curtailed by a bit of controversy I think it was a bit of a joke when you look back in hindsight I think he threatened the hierarchy um the authorities had a chance to hammer down on him and they went way, way, way over the top to, to combat the fact that he, him and Lamphy were upset in the apple cart. And I'll always believe that. But in terms of talent and ability, I, I've never seen anyone at his level in Pembrokeshire. It's I, great that there's been so many really good batsmen to talk about this evening. Yeah, I think the other thing, of course, um, with Level was that destructive element where he enjoyed placing the ball either side of fielders. Funny phrase, he, um, had, yeah, he had that ability to make yeah. you feel silly on the pitch. He made bowlers feel silly. And there was animosity because he was a professional. He played mm. for several counties' second teams. And there always has been talk that he could have played at the highest level. Mm. He was a very... And, and I have to say, I found him a very nice guy. Yeah. A, a, few, a, few more comments. Oh, a few more comments coming in. So um, on the cricket debate, um, Hendy Springer for the oh, town. Oh, West great Indians, batsman. yeah. Henderson. Hendy. So Henderson. Tell us about that. When when was he playing? He was the first. For, when they decided you could have full-time, you could have professionals playing, Henderson was the first one who came over from uh, the West Indies, and he was a young gentleman. Everybody loved him. He yeah. was a classic bat. He could bowl spin. He's been team manager of the West Indies team. He's been, I think, it's, is he Barbados or Jamaica? Phrase? Barbados. I Barbados. Believe. He's been team manager there. Oh. He's a personable young fella. And he often tweets now. I get a message from him on Facebook from time to time. Uh, he was a class act. But in turn, he, he took Hanford West to finals. No doubts about it. But I think Lovell just had that extra thing where he was a real battler. He loved it. He loved every minute of being in the middle. 
Yeah. Carlo, I feel Carlo well, Nash as well, wasn't it? Lamphy went on to play for the West Indian. Yeah, well. oh yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and uh, oh, was he at Lamphy? Yeah. 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 Vasba Drakes was a West Indian. John Green got those across. Who did Vasba Drakes play for? Lamphy. Yeah. Wow. Went on yeah. to play. Uh, John yeah. Green was a local businessman who played for Lamphy, got them down here. You have to applaud him for that, although it wasn't very much it wasn't appreciated that at way the in time. The I, uh, I, I wish it was still permitted now. And mm. I honestly mean that. I, I think I, it does add just a, another I, level, doesn't I, it? I, as juniors, we had um, we had Dave Lovell coaching us. He coached all teams in the county up in what was the old Milford Indoor Arena, and I, I remember more of him in the three or four sessions I had with him than I did with any the, other cricket coach any time anywhere. Yeah, you know yeah. and. And people are afraid of them coming over because, again, they're afraid they might dominate games like Level did, let's be honest. But the knowledge they can pass on and the links they can pass on as well. And to be fair to Dave Level, whatever people say about him, he's still got links going. You've got James Skeels coming yeah. over there, mm-hmm. probably improving tenfold in cricket now, yeah. playing great cricket in Australia. You know? yeah. Are you saying that Level taught you your batting skills? Well, um, I didn't um, listen hard enough, but... Um, <laughs> all right, listen, I'm, I'm sure... <laughs> Sorry, we'll, we'll friends, I withdraw we'll, that. But no, he, we'll, he was excellent. Yeah. He, he was far above, far head and shoulders above any other coach I've worked with. We'll pick up some more on the, on the local cricket debate, definitely based on um, those stats that have come out. I'm sure we'll talk about the bowlers and mm, we're going to yeah. talk about cricket grounds in weeks to come as well. Uh, we are coming up to uh, eight minutes to nine, so time is flying by. And we did also, whilst we're on the subject of great batsmen, want to talk about who our favourite international batsmen of all time are. Um, and I mean, this this could run and run, but we, we are a bit tight for time, so we're going to have to maybe condense this a little bit. And I think we'll start with... Bill this time who's your favourite ever international batsman it's a bit hard because I've been 60 years involved in local uh, cricket and in national cricket I've loved it it's different ages I was I was first interested when Colin Cowdery and Ken Barrington were about they were they were about three stone overweight Cowdery and then we went through there were wonderful players like Sir Viv Richards Garfield Sobers who was the most complete all-rounder I ever saw and Barry Richards from uh, South Africa. Then today on telly, Jeff Boycott is selling a lot of his memorabilia, including the bat where he scored a hundred hundreds, the winning, the last one in a win it over in the Ashes over Australia. Was that a heading lever? Yeah, it was. How can you? Oh, nowadays he'd be too slow. He'd be pilloried. Yeah. Um, so the best, uh, Brian Lara is another one. Of course, he was amazing yeah. run gatherer. But if you said to me the best ever, it would have to be Sir Viv Richards. So Viv from Bill. Okay, Gordon, who are you going to nominate? Uh, that's exactly where I would have gone. Oh, sorry. Sir Viv Richards. I actually seen him uh, bat for uh, the West Indies at mm. Glamorgan Cricket Ground when I was a young kid. Uh, and it w- he batted brilliantly that day, but he was surpassed by another one that Bill hasn't met. It was Sir Clive Lloyd. Mm. He hit the fastest 200 that particular day mm. at Glamorgan, hitting it all out of the ground at St Helens. He was amazing, but I have to say it's got to be short and sweet. Uh, Viv uh, was definitely the best batsman I ever seen in my uh, lifetime. Yeah, I, I tell you, I would put into the mix for one batsman who I've seen play for England who could just turn a game. And, and I know he's got his faults, but Kevin Peterson has got to be in the discussion for me. I think Peterson had he has to be had he been slightly more focused in his career, and had they not been maybe curtailed by controversy, and had he just implied applied himself a little better at crucial times, had the potential to be the greatest the game's ever seen. I don't think he quite reached it. Mm. I think there were there were too many dismissals at, at critical times, and I don't think he got the amount of runs at Test level that that, that his talent you know should have brought him but no for me 
we've obviously missed out some greats there in terms of Ponting and Tendulkar but mm -hmm. um, but no Sachin I, 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 would, I would go for yeah. Brian Lara I loved watching yeah. him he was an entertainer he was an orthodox but he did it in some high pressure situations you know you've got to remember that, that famous knock when the West Indies beat Australia with nine wickets down I would go for him as the greatest mm. I ever saw but I will yeah. say it'd be ironic to be mentioning like Brian Lara because the second score from the indoor cricket has just come through Hundleton 18 all out Narbuth passed it 20 for for none down so Pendleton could have done with a Lara tonight I think. <laughs> well listen I, this is another debate I could talk cricket batsmen and, and cricketers for the whole show probably so we'll, we'll do this again uh, let, let me just round up a few of the other comments that have come in uh, mainly on the darts and domino subjects I'm not going to lie have I rattled um, a few changes yeah. here mate uh, here we go Franny uh, Franny says uh, cribbage is a pub game as well as dominoes and darts yeah, yeah. that's yeah. in the, in, in the same right. bracket uh, Christine Selby says on the darts the way I see it is that playing darts requires skill and a lot of practice. Yeah. Therefore, in my eyes, it has always been a sport. Okay, yeah. so it doesn't get the heart rate pumping, although I beg to differ playing it myself, but <laughs> neither does playing bowls. Yeah, well, there you go. Well done, Christine. Yeah. Well put. Yeah. <laughs> so had... Consider yourself told off, mate. Yeah, that's not told off. <laughs> Everybody has an opinion. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's what this show's all about. There's absolutely yeah. no doubt about that. Um, I'm sure we'll have reaction as well to some of the indoor cricket results um, going on to your website, pembrokeshiresport.co.uk. So well done to everybody uh, taking part in that. Um, we're going to be back for Pure West Sport Saturday morning from 8. We'll be hearing from the guys uh, during that as well. But I have to say uh, to Gordon, Fraser and Bill, once again, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for your company. Thanks to everyone who's taken part on the Facebook page as well. We'll be back with with G and G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshiresport.co.uk. We'll be back again next week. Chaps, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Ben. Cheers, Ben. It's the Mood Train with KT next on Pure West Radio. Well, you won't.
sun's gonna shine on everything you do. The sky's so blue. The sun's gonna shine on everything you do. Shine on everything you do. Don't know why. 